Hello and thank you for listening to episode 533 of 6DMW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for November and December 2023 and January 2024. No doubt. It's been a while, mate. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm just trying to look to see when we last recorded. I think it was towards the show was released in, oh, it's the November show. Because we were due to record at the back end of last year, but we didn't because uh, you couldn't talk for ages without coughing like mad. And then as you were were recovering, I couldn't talk without coughing like mad. So, um, yeah. I had what, I guess it's, you know, what you'd seen in the press, like the 10-week cough. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it, it was quite that in the end, but oh my god, it was close. It just—it was just like this is my life now. Yeah, I'm just coughing, and I'd never—I hadn't been ill. I didn't have a cold. Didn't have COVID. Anything like that. I was just—I just started coughing one day and didn't stop for a long time. I was the same. Like I—I I have a someone who I met. Uh, um, I'll be talking about Darkfest, um, who is now a friend. Who um, until well, this will change tomorrow. She's not had any interaction with me while i haven't been coughing <laughs> like, she, she hasn't known me before for cough she thinks until you, tomorrow. you've got some sort of weird speech impediment where you just like say a word and cough and then that's it yeah crazy absolutely crazy and then yeah as you say you were you're unwell um yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it's uh yeah there's all sorts of shit going around i mean winter's a bad time anyway but when you get shit like that that sticks with you for bloody not just weeks but for months and then, of course, something that affects your voice and you want to do an audio podcast, it's a bit of a bummer. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I just wouldn't have, yeah, like you wouldn't have been able to, I just wouldn't have been able to get a sentence out without coughing. Laughing made it worse, so obviously, you know, I was <laughs> doing this would have been tricky. Don't say anything funny. No. I mean, most of the time you don't, but uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, but a very yeah, serious, a <laughs> a very serious show where every other word we had to pause to cough, that wouldn't have worked too good. Your, yeah, I, I remember thinking at one point of your edit, uh, <laughs> if you're trying to cut me out, cut out any coughing, you'd have just given up. Got insane. <laughs> that would have been it. Anyway, yeah. so it has been quite a while since we've recorded. This is, like I said at the beginning, it's for November, December and January. It's a three-month show. We're catching up. Uh, unfortunately, the two movies that we did pick at the back end of the last show, we did watch them about three months ago-ish. And and we've had a chat before we started recording, and neither of us can remember too much about. No, them. I I've got. If I have a look at my letterboxed, that will give me that. I might have a bit more than you. Yeah. <laughs> In as much as I've literally written something brief down about it. Because um, all I put, if it's going to be for these shows, all I put on Letterboxd is like, hear all about it on the upcoming Decade of Decadence show. And then oh, I, Okay, I, it was only just over a month ago. Um, December the 12th is when I watched one of them. So um, okay. the second one would have been around that sort of time. But um, I know I, I, I wrote two sentences yeah. in that one. So that's, I watched one. Two I think, more sentences. <laughs> I, think, I think it was your pick that I watched at the back end of November. Um, oh, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, you watched it early. Yeah, I, I remember did. thinking that. Oh. So, yeah, when we get to the movie chat, there won't be a lot, but we'll we'll blunder through it as best we can. Some may say that's what we normally do anyway, but, mm. yeah. All being well, like coughs to one side, we should be back to our regular monthly shows. Yes, yeah, we've uh, we've got the illnesses out of our system. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're good to go for year 12 Oh my of our podcast. Can you believe that? Crazy. Right. I'm going to start. 
I've actually been a little bit professional in this one and I've lumped all the movie and TV stuff together and then okay. all the music stuff together. And yeah, I thought I'll do that. So let's start with the movie and TV stuff that I've got that's sort of 80s related and then, you know, I'll throw it back to, to you and you can catch us up on stuff. Um, all right, let's start with the Netflix Terminator anime series, uh, which is, I haven't got a start date for it, uh, but apparently it takes place two days from August the 30th, 1997, which is, of course, Judgment Day. And it goes back into, you know, another sort of alternate universe and trying to stop yeah. Cyberdyne systems and all of that. Looks interesting from a sort. I've only seen, I think it was a, a teaser trailer. It wasn't even a full trailer that I watched. And again, this was, you know, last year before Christmas when I watched it. Yeah. So uh, maybe some stuff has come out in the meantime, but I would have thought both of us, that's something that could interest us and in Netflix yeah, you know, Terminator anime. More on board with that than, I mean, I liked um, the last Terminator film. I mean, I was in a mm. minority, I think. Yeah, I was um, with you, mate. Yeah, I know you, yeah, maybe you did too. But um, yeah, it didn't do well. It wasn't particularly well-reviewed. I think it was more well-reviewed than everything, than all the other sequels except two, Terminator 2. So, yeah. But still wasn't, didn't set the world on fire. But yeah, I think this is the best way to go now, don't think. Like, people don't really want to watch these films. I think that's very clear now. Mm. Um, so yeah, an anime, you know. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch when it comes out. More news as we get closer to it coming out, of course. Uh, one thing to watch that is out that people can watch now, and I highly recommend it, and I'm sure anybody listening to this show that has sort of any interest in the 1980s whatsoever will remember Millie Vanilli and what happened with them about how they were caught for mm. lip-syncing. Uh, there's a documentary, and it is called Millie Vanilli, Oh, and it's awesome, mate. <laughs> it is awesome. Because I remember it all happened and you yeah. know, the music came out. And they were, when you watch this, it sort of brings it back. If, you know, you live yeah. through that era, how huge they were. They were massive, really massive. And then to crash and burn the way that they did. And then the things yeah. that have happened after that is really eye-opening. Um I don't want to say too much more because there's things that happen in it that you go, holy shit, I never knew that. Uh, but there's a really good ending to it. It's, you know, it, it nails the ending. You think, yeah, it's got a positive oh, ending nice. to it, which is good, which, you know, I do like that. Uh, so, cool. uh, yeah. Where can I watch that? Oh, it was on, it was on one of the, I'm sure it was on one of the streaming services. So it would be like Netflix, Amazon, Disney, maybe. One of them. Yeah, it's, it's well, one, of the I'm, I'm, <laughs> one of the many. It's one of the ones I've probably got. <laughs> That does sound good. I mean, I remember, I think it was before my time, but I remember like the jokes, you know, like, you know, oh, you remember Millie Vanilli, you know, that was like the only roads that, you know, it mm -hmm. happened in the past. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that does sound interesting. It is. Um, I heard, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's on your things list, but um, I saw a trailer for a Netflix documentary. I think it comes out next week, or is it today, about um, the recording of We Are The World? Oh, okay. Obviously, no, I've not they, seen that. Obviously, you know, they got like every icon, music icon in the same room in one night to record this song. And it's got like Lionel Richie talking about it, Springsteen, um, I think like Quincy Jones and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it looks, that looks quite interesting. Oh, yeah. And obviously very isolated because that was right slap bang in 1985, wasn't yeah. it? So. Oh, God, yeah, I'll have to put that on my watch list. That's for sure. And this Millie Vanilli one, it's, you feel sorry for them to because again, a lot of people, myself included, at one time were going, well, you know, God, stupid, why did they do this, bloody blah, blah. 
you, you feel sorry for them, mate, watching this. You really do feel sorry for what happened and how they were manipulated um, by those above them, you know, those with the, the purse strings. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, which is usually the case, I guess. But uh, Okay, it looks like it's on Paramount Plus. Ooh. In the UK, at least, anyway. So, um, yeah, I think I've still got my friend's Paramount Plus. I think I've still got Chris's Paramount Plus. So, oh, there you uh, go. Watch that later. Yeah, it is. It's good. Um, one thing I know we have both watched, mate, is the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop 4. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. And I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Am I right in saying? It looks good. It looks, yeah, it looks good. I'm like, okay, I can, you know, I could go after this. Um, yeah, it looked like, great to see everyone, yes. like everyone yeah, yeah. back, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, and, you know, like Kevin Bacon's a bad guy. That's good. Uh, <laughs> you know, not, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. I just hope it goes into some cinemas. Um, that would be nice to see it on a big screen. Oh, um, God, yeah. I know what Netflix are like, though, because it's a Netflix film. I know Curzon sometimes has Netflix films, but it's not. They don't get big releases. But I hope this does. Beverly Hills got four. It could do, you know, I don't know if it'd make, you know, it would make Barbie money, but it'd, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to see it on a big screen. Yeah. We're re-watching the earlier Beverly Hills Cop films just to get ready for I it. I thought you were, yeah. Yeah, and we've currently gone through one and two, and we've still got three to watch, which, you know, most people cite as the worst. You know, all I can remember about three, I'm sure I've only ever watched it twice since it came out. All I can remember is something in a fairground and him on a big wheel. And that's all yeah, I can remember. George Lucas's cameos. Oh, and I remember, it wasn't that long ago. I've got a Blu-ray box. It. I'll do the same as you a bit closer to the time. But like, I remember like it was very much one of those films where Eddie Murphy's like, okay, let's stop being funny now. You know, he's playing it a bit more straight. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully that won't bleed into um, the fourth one. Like, you know, you know, like the more you know, Eddie Murphy's, you know, shouting and swearing and being Axel Foley, then that's what we want. Yeah, so, yeah. Go on like a PG rated, watered down. Oh God, no! Oh no, this is serious. You know, I'm, I'm doing serious films now. I think he went through that bit of a phase with that Eddie Murphy, where he's just like, I am a serious actor, um, <laughs> and he can be. But oh, like, yeah, yeah, he can. He's proven he can, oh, God, but yeah, he's won an Oscar for acting, so um, you know he can. But um, yeah, not Beverly Hills Cop. No, like you said, you want him to be Axel Foley. That's what we want. <laughs> so mm. we'll see. But from what we've seen in the trailer, it's promising. So yeah, let's see what happens with that. I did see some footage of Macaulay Culkin having a speech because he'd got his Hollywood star of fame. Yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, good on him. And he was getting a bit emotional at times as well. So I think that's cool. He yeah, he's had, you know, he's had a bit of a tough life, but he seems to be, like, really in a good place now. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see him in, yeah. a, in a in a big budget film, you know, sort of come back. Yeah, you know, I, think like, ended, I think he was in American a season of American Horror Story in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. and you know, but yeah, it'd be good to see him. You know, he's you know he's always been you know when he was obviously so charismatic when he was a child actor, and he seems you know like I've seen some of his YouTube stuff and all of that sort of thing, and he just seems the same. So I mean, I don't know if that's what he wants to do now, but yeah, mm-hmm. good for him. It's uh, it's just nice. That's it. A lot of these child actors just disappear, don't they? There's not a lot that you can think of. I mean, the one you know, True Barrymore springs to mind that was child actor. Yeah, just Brolin. Yeah. Who've sort of, you know, like weathered for the teenage years when, you know, 
I feel yeah, and of course, um, Kikwai Huan um, as well. Yeah, I guess you could throw Ryan Gosling into there, and then oh yeah, Disney I Dave. Mean, um, yeah, yeah, because he was on the Disney thing with, um, but um, obviously Ki Hai Kwan was like he he was obviously in like Indiana Jones and Magoonies and stuff, and then just hmm. went behind the camera and was working with Wong Kar Wai and stuff like that, and then. Shows up in everything, everywhere, and all at once. Wins a, wins a bloody Oscars in Loki. He's in um, <laughs> the new Kung Fu Panda. I mean, so so great. For, I mean, it, you feel a bit more like, yeah, good on you. You yeah. know, you know, you've come back um, from you know child acting hell, and you've um, mm-hmm. won an Oscar. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's always encouraging. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I've got I've got more movie and TV stuff, but I'm going to throw it over to you, mate. If uh... Do you want to put anything out there before we carry on? In yeah, this bit? I mean, I don't really know when to start because I haven't jotted down in my diary when we last recorded. Let us say, let me just start with, well, I've mentioned Dark Fest in a bit because I don't think I talked about that last time. I feel it was around then. I feel it was like the day before Dark Fest mm-hmm. or something. We, anyway, but um, let's start with my birthday at the end of November. Yes. Um wasn't the greatest start because the night before I went to see um, Oppenheimer at Picture House Central. I mean, this was good. This bit was good. Yeah. Sylvia uh, Murphy was there. Emily Blunt was there. They had a, a Q&A with um, Danny Boyle. Really good. Uh, turn my phone back on when I get out to find out my house is broken into. <laughs> uh, um, everyone was okay. Thank God. Um not much was taken. It looked like a very smashing grab. It happened, must have happened about 4 p.m. in the afternoon before people were coming back from work. That felt like they came in, got a couple of bits that weren't worth much. They didn't take my like TV or anything. I like some of the stuff in my I own is just like if they knew how much it was worth, they'd have grabbed it in a fucking <laughs> second. <laughs> but you know, they didn't. And stuff like my TV's too big to lug. Yeah, they took my laptop. My uh, my uh, I've had it since 2016. It's recorded hours with you dave on that laptop in the end that was all i used it for um as regular listeners will know it took about 30 40 minutes to boot up before i could do anything on it like it took about it, the battery lasted about that long yeah um and yeah yeah they took that and my simpsons backpack that was a real kicker because i didn't notice it first <laughs> but then i went to grab it to go to um, the supermarket to, uh, to, you know to put some shopping in it i'm just like they took my fucking you know so yeah they took a watch from someone else and a and that sort of thing just just annoying mm-hmm. um more than anything but uh yeah so like my actual birthday the next day didn't you know it's a bit like Ugh. um well yeah after so you, uh, after you've had your house broken into that would put a bit of a dampener on yeah, any, any day and you really. just feel a bit like you just feel a bit like oh, you know like all shook up and you know a bit like on edge mm-hmm. yeah i was quite on edge uh, most of the day like my original plan for my birthday was to go and see michael Schenker group at shepherd's bush i had a ticket for that um but then i was just absent-mindedly scrolling through Twickets because I I had the week off so I was just seeing what was on and I saw Nick Cave we all know how much I love Nick Cave was oh, doing yeah. a talk um, at church in central London uh, about his book obviously when I met Nick Cave last year um, that was about the hardback book at the um, uh, Southback Centre and I met him very briefly afterwards in that race against time I'm sure you remember me talking about yeah. that um, so this time I was in a church. I was like, oh, you know what? It's fucking Nick Cave and it's on my birthday. I'm going to go to that. And it was just a talk. Um, so I went to that. And this is what I mean about being on edge. I uh, got there and, you know, like the first two rows, you know, it's pews. So the proper church layout. Hmm. First two rows. 
um, it was all just for, on either side of the aisle were just for the staff of the people running it. And I was just like, oh, brilliant. I've been queuing up for ages um, for no reason. Um, and then I ended up in about, by the time I'd seen that, loads of the rows behind had filled up. I'm like, great. So I sit down on my pews and, you know, like a lot of it, it was interesting. Um, did hit some of the similar themes of what they talked about last year because it was Nick Cave and the author, uh, Sean Hagen, talking about the paperback version of a book yeah um but still different enough it was interesting but there's a lot of like me moving my head trying to see behind you know if one head is in my way i have to move you know that sort of thing i'm sure people behind me were having to do the same yeah um and i was just like oh i was a bit you know like on edge about it it was good i was just like oh yeah that's all right and then they're like oh um uh, nick and sean are signing um if you want to buy a book uh, a paperback we've got them downstairs i mean i've already got it in paperback i've got it in hardback and paperback because i didn't want to open the hardback because it was signed yeah oh yeah of course i'm just like i'm buying buying another one (laughs) (laughs) hell out of there get it in paperback join the queue in a good spot in the queue and got chatting to a guy and then and we're like yeah let's take each other's photos and stuff and yeah i got to meet nick cave had a really nice chat with him got some (laughs) photos not like posed photos but just photos of me chatting with him oh mate it really made my day after such a shitty um 24 hours you know yeah. to meet you know like one of my heroes and you know like last year it was really like hey thanks shake hand gone yeah. you know but this you know i spoke to him about um the death of bunny Monroe, his book that's being turned into a tv show matt smith's in the lead spoke to him about that you know he was just you know just engaging with him it was like yeah. one or two minute conversation but it was just like it was so cool and i was just like oh my god and then <laughs> swapped swapped photos with the guy who uh, the guy who i met was a bit drunk <laughs> I had to get, I had to literally learn, I had to teach him how to do Bluetooth and WhatsApp and all sorts of shit. So he <laughs> finally exchanged the photos before he staggered off into the night. But yeah, it was just after that shitty 24 hours, it was such an amazing moment to be like, like meet him again and just, you know, just have a chat with him. It was yeah. brilliant. And it's so unexpected. Did not know it was a, a, there was a signing afterwards at all. So uh, amazing. That's really good. Like you said, you know, having a proper interaction with him, the surprise that you didn't know it was going to happen as well, just sort of makes it even better. And then just sort of takes the edge off a bit that you know, your fucking house being broken into. So yeah, yeah, good yeah, timing. Yeah, good timing with that happening yeah. anyway. Yeah. And on my birthday as well, I always yeah. like to do something cool on my birthday and you know, what's cooler than that? So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Nick Cave. I met Nick Cave again. <laughs> You'll hear the end of it never <laughs> until i meet again <laughs> yeah oh that's it with london mate. i mean i know some other things you're going to come out with the amount of people i mean you've met loads of people and been to loads of things since you moved to london a few years ago but this over the last few months mate the amount of people you've been in the same room as and seen is just unbelievable well i mean <laughs> the, i'm I'll obviously i'll seek to this because i can only assume you're referring to mr blobby well, well this is the thing oh you know it pales every even nick cave pales into insignificance to meeting and having photos with mr blobby mate come on i think i don't want to be like the i'm that guy but do you think dave (laughs) there's anyone else in the world who can say in the same calendar year or in the same six months that they met and had a photo with chuck norris nick cave and mr blobby (laughs) what are the odds (laughs) I mean, there's a film waiting to be made with those three in it. 
yeah, where Cave could do the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is a Chuck Norris, the hero, of... Mr. Blobby, you know, the bad guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a horror film, Mr. Blobby. It is. I'm, like, I'm waiting for a Mr. Blobby horror film. It's like ra- waiting to be written. It's terrifying to a lot of people. You've got it. Why, got... why did I meet? Why, why did, did you... I meet Mr. Come Blobby? Come on, you've got to tell everybody that they're, they're waiting. What the Obviously, fuck? Generation, generationally, I grew up with like Noel's House Party, Mr. Blobby. Yeah, but and if you go on Twitter and that sometimes and, and just watch TV, Blobby has started appearing on you know like you know like this morning and stuff like that and like hmm. panel shows every now and again a little bit of a resurgence with blobby um and a wrestling company who um, do shows at the clapham grand picked up on this in january last year and had blobby as a mystery entrant and it is the actual mr blobby the official person who's been doing it since 2005 who re- um, bought the rights the suit and everything from the person who'd been doing it wow him and i was party days yeah so it's the same blobby you see on tv these days um they had Blobby as an entrant in the like nineties battle royal sort of thing, um, but this time they were doing a Christmas show and they announced him and Blobby was going to be in a tag match. People I work with, loads of us love Blobby, so ten of us, ten or eleven of us <laughs> went to the Clapham Grand, all bought tickets, and uh, um, wrestling show is a bit long winded that side of it um, from my days of doing that sort of thing. Most wrestling companies don't know the meaning of the word brevity. Yeah. Um, but at the interval, they were like, we were hoping to have a meet and greet. Um, and, uh, excuse me, um, at the interval, out came Blobby, and there was a sort of <laughs> Christmas-themed chair thing in the corner, and um, we were right near that corner, and we just ran to the queue, got photos of a big group of us, and then um, my friend Blue um, went back in the queue and got a photo with Blobby separately, then I went back in the queue and also got a photo separately. And uh, yeah, worth ten, 10 quid for a photo, worth every every penny. Oh, mate, that's it. Immortalized with Mr. Blobby. And he was miked as well. He was miked? I, what, I mean, was he just saying Blobby? Oh, blo- yeah, he blobby, was blobby, blobby, yeah. Blobby, 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 yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so when he wrestled, because he wrestled in the second, he was the main event, so he had to stay for the whole flipping thing. Yeah, he was like, you heard him reacting, you know, like when he picked up a steel chair to hit someone, he was like, blah, blah. <laughs> you need to know what's going to happen, mate. We're going to have listeners across the world, different countries, who have never heard of Mr. Blobby. Like, no, Googling you, uh, and I'm going, sure. what the fuck are they talking about? And then... Yeah, terrified. We've just terrified a lot of people. Yeah. So, Mr. Blobby, what a moment. What a Christmas miracle. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. Was that. Yeah, it was a good one. I mean, you can't top it. I, you know, like I said you're going to say about being in the same room as other people, but that's, it's not worth talking about after you've, you know, yeah, you, I you've mean, picked, that was Spielberg, yeah. Scorsese, yeah, Blobby, <laughs> Schwarzenegger, Blobby, you know? yeah, <laughs> a bit of an eclectic mix, mate. Definitely. Yeah, I have a, a wide range of tastes. Yeah, you do. Right. Um. I, I, do you want to? No, if you got some more, you got some more. You know. Yeah, I might as well. Um, yeah, go on. Mention Darkfest. Sorry, not. Yeah, that's what. It, oh, fucking, I forgot. I was like, is that what it's called? Yes, Darkfest. <laughs> um, the Dark Side Magazine Festival. Mm. Darkfest. Yes. Um, uh, another good day. At, I mean, apart from me constantly coughing at the uh, at the Genesis Cinema, uh, this is the second one I've been to. Uh, unfortunately, Rob 
uh, couldn't make it this time, but went with Chris and my friend Ria and her friend Amber. Um, really good day. Um, uh, good films. Apart from that, Elvira's Haunted Hills. Oh my god! First time I've ever given a, a movie on IMDb uh, on Letterboxd a half star. Really? Oh my god! So bad. But yeah, they had like Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. On. Classic. Love that Ret- film. Return of the Living Dead was on. Another um, one. Yeah, there was a, there was another one, another really good one as well. But yeah, really good lineup of films about that first one. And uh, yeah, always got great stools. Picked up a couple of um, 4Ks, Tales from the Dark Side, and Needful Things um, in 4K. And there's guests. There's Carolyn Munro, who we love. Um, yes. Lots of lots of Hammer Hammer guests and uh, guest of honor. Or well, was Linnea Quigley, who we once interviewed on 80s Picture House. Yeah. Yeah. So um met her. Another another one I've met. Um <laughs> yeah, uh signed my 4K of uh, Return of the Living Dead. And um yeah, she was lovely. I was a bit like, oh bloody hell, when like, all her photos on their table were just her topless. Like, oh <laughs> well, I've got to meet you. Um and try not to stare. <laughs> um but no, she was really nice, really sweet. Yeah. Um yeah, it was a really good day. If you ever you know, you know want you know, just a chilled out horror festival with some classic films and some cool guests. Yeah, Dark Fest. It runs every November. Really mm-hmm. good stuff. Nice. I remember ish- yeah. buying issue one of the Dark Side and many, many issues after that when it came out. I forget what year it was when it started. I haven't bought it for quite a long time, but I, I bought every issue up to, must have been into three figures, you know, at least the first hundred issues, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, still going strong. Mm-hmm. Good, good. So it should. Yeah, um, I'm just running chronologically now. Um, I guess this is 80s related, although he didn't talk about Manhunter, um, my mm. favourite film of his from the 80s. But uh, BFI, um, I mean, I'd already been in the same room as him at the London Film Festival, but Michael Mann was doing a talk. So, yes, of course, I'm going to go and see Michael Mann. Hell yeah. Um, at the BFI. Um, I don't know if he's deaf or, but like a lot had to be said. Like when it got to the audience Q and A's, like a lot had to be repeated. So mm. he was really engaging when he was talking, but I was just like, I didn't realise he was a bit hard of hearing. So uh, yeah. obviously he was there predominantly to talk about Ferrari. That was screening afterwards. I didn't hang around for that because I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of talk about heat. I was just like, well, he did talk about Manhunter, but at least he spoke about a lot about heat. Obviously, yeah. his next films, Heat Two. Um, I've not long finished reading the book. Um, would be interested to see how they how they do it because um, it does time jump a lot. Um, a lot of it's set quite soon after the events of a film, um, but obviously you know you're not going to have De Niro and Pacino in it because of age too much. Yeah. So um, and obviously you can't have Val Kilmer in it. Um, yeah, interested to see how they'll do that. Um, the talk is the, the younger De Niro character, Neil McCauley, will be Adam Driver, which makes sense apart from. How, why did Neil McCauley shrink? I don't know. It's quite quite tall. Um, yeah. and Neil Nero uh, isn't as much. Um, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, Michael Mann was oh, fucking Michael Mann, isn't it? No, oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was um, yeah, um, good stuff. Um, I'm just rattling through some. I'll I'll go up to the end of the year and yeah. I'll bounce back to you, and then I'll just go on about what I've been doing so far this year okay man. i saw the my bucket list film and it's an 80s film as well the film that i've been wanting to see on a big screen for years watched it's probably my most watched film i've never seen in the cinema because i watched it every year at christmas when i was a kid mm-hmm. um but i was too 
young to see it at the cinema. Uh, it came out in 1985. I was like two. Couldn't, you know, <laughs> not old enough to go see it. It was, and people might laugh, but it was Santa Claus the movie with uh, Dudley Moore and John Lithgow. Oh, God. And, yeah. uh, um, and, just a... I haven't seen it. You've seen it? I've seen it. I've oh. probably seen it, I don't know, a couple of times. I haven't seen it in so long. I can't remember a damn thing about it, but... It's got such a weird cast. Like, the guy who plays Santa Claus is the guy who played the Lebowski, the big Lebowski. I'm mm. the actor's name's gone. But, you know, like, Dudley Moore, John Lithgow. Loads of people out of British sitcoms. There's, like, people out of Ain't a Half Hot Mum. Like, Mrs. Claus is Hyacinth Bucket's sister in Keeping Up Appearances. <laughs> Um, I know we've probably lost um, the same people we've lost when we were talking about Mr. Blobby, but yeah. like, and then like Burgess Meredith's in it for a scene. It's like, what is this? <laughs> Whoa! It is it is like a bit of a fever dream with casting, but you know, it just brought back so many memories. There was you know, there's only like two other people in the cinema. Felt like a bit like I'd had the screen to my own and just sat there with some nachos and mm-hmm. and it was remastered in 4K as well. It was just really good. I just it was just one weekday just before christmas i just went in the afternoon and watched santa claus oh. movie finally so uh um, that's nice yeah perfect timing perfect timing like I said and first time on the big screen for you even better yeah absolutely just yeah lovely i don't know what my next one is near dark that's probably my next one i want to see you know like film that i like for most which i've never seen in the cinema yeah near dark but uh maybe they'll re-release that one day in the uk and that'll well bloody hope so <laughs> yeah bring out a uh, Bring out a uh, 4K of that. Yeah. We release it in cinema. Um, so then, yeah, the next day after that, it's all blobby. And then the day after that, I went to the theatre, Barbican, for centre. This is an 80s film. Um, a lot of people do forget or don't realise, but my neighbour Totoro, uh, the stage presentation of that. Um, I'm not going to say a lot about it because, you know, sometimes they say, oh, don't tell anyone, keep the magic yeah, yeah. to yourself. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100% that. I don't care how uh, cliche or silly that sounds, but like, it is magical. And it's puppets and some of the stuff they do. People gasped. Whoa. Like, absolutely gasped. It was stunning. It was like, it was magical. It was lovely. I mean, it had you know, just amazing music. Um, really nice. You know, it's just, you can't help but like smile at, you know, like obviously the film was just such mm-hmm. a, you know, such a classic, and yeah, they just absolutely nailed it. Um, yeah, lovely. Um, uh, there's another Ghibli film uh, hitting the stage in London later this year, Spirited Away, uh, which I kind of want to see, but very expensive tickets. Ooh. Very expensive tickets for that. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I got a, I got a cheap a cheap seat. You know, like a it was either twenty five or thirty five quid somewhere around there, and it was in the back row. But because of Barbican the seats, you know, like go down mm-hmm. i had a bloody amazing view even though i was in the black in the back row it was like i was in row t and i just thought it was going to be a sea of heads but like no it sort of curved down i had an amazing view so yeah good cheap seats in a bar yeah lovely but yeah just yeah highly recommend it if you can get to see it. it's on for another couple of months i think yeah uh in london but yeah so good so mm-hmm. good um i think that yeah yeah because it's christmas i stopped doing stuff so uh <laughs> back to you dave and then i'll pick them January stuff up in a minute. Right, uh, right. I'll finish off the TV and movie stuff then. And I wrote that again. This is another note I made before Christmas, um, and this is finished now because it was on Kickstarter, and it was a Kickstarter for a film called The Last Kumite. K U M I T E. Kumite. Uh, 
Kumite, Kumite, You should know that. Should I? From, from Bloodsport or Kickboxer. Oh, no, I think it's Bloodsport. See, that's, I've not seen this shows how long it is since I've watched them, because what I'm going to say now, because I'm going to read out, it is, and this was from their Kickstarter, a retro martial arts movie in the style of Bloodsport, Kickboxer, No Retreat, <laughs> No Surrender. <laughs> oh, bonus 80s points for you there, man. Yeah, the Kumite's the tournament. I think it's Bloodsport. It's a tournament, Bloodsport. I there's you know they do the trailers and all of this to to help you you know give an idea of what they want to do and and everything. So I encourage everybody to go. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, and just type in the last Kumite, K U M I T E, and uh, yeah, the Kickstarter's finished for it. I think off the top of my head, I think they were trying to raise a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And when it finished, it raised $175,000. They went above what they wanted, so it's going to be made. Uh, but from, you know, the teaser trailer, um, proof of concept video that they did, it looks fucking amazing. It's like, yeah, our bread and butter, mate. We'd want to watch that. Oh, nice. So, nice. yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, maybe we might even get in touch with the makers of it and have a chat who knows yeah that'd be pretty yeah, that'd cool. Be cool yeah and i'll try um, i'll talking... try and pronounce it correctly if we do yeah 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 talking of uh kickstarters i'm just going to bounce back to me for a second mm. it's nice Ten. um robodoc oh yeah probably my God, we probably spoke about this in the 80s picture house days because it a long time ago was it was a kickstarter that went on i mean there's been a bit of people people like contesting how long exactly it went on for and what mm. they've actually received from the kickstarter um but it, it honestly it feels like it the, the kickstarter began about two weeks after robocop 3 came out <laughs> it's just been going a <laughs> long time yeah it finally came out i was under the impression it was about all the films um so on new year's eve because i'm a fucking loser um and i didn't particularly <laughs> want to go out i just lunchtime slung on robocop then robocop 2 then robocop 3 and then about halfway through robocop 2 i was looking at my phone and i was just like oh robodoc's just about the first film and it's like five hours long <laughs> i'm like what um but no it's really good um yes obviously it covers the same ground a few times it's talking about one film in a five-hour documentary but they've got everyone back um for it. everyone who's alive uh basically yeah um it, so yeah like verhoven peter weller uh ronnie cox you know they were all there um Kerwood smith yeah it's just some great behind the scenes stories the best of which is about peter weller and his oreos i'll leave it there but it's Ooh. brilliant it's just like so funny apparently there is going to be a sequel which will focus on like uh video game robocop 2 robocop 3 the tv series animated series all that shit um which i'll watch because uh, hopefully that, that won't be five hours long but who knows but um yeah um now it's it is out on Blu-ray in the UK and US, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think the UK has got some extras on it, um, yeah. which people in the US, the US Blu-ray were moaning. I'm just like, it's a five and a half hour documentary. You don't really need anything else. <laughs> I haven't watched the extras. I feel like I've I've got the idea. Um, but yeah, no, it is worth it. It's finally out. I'm gonna have to pick it up. I do. I do really want to watch it. I'm gonna have to pick that up definitely. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, is this gonna be worth watching? It's out on the 21st of March. Jake Gyllenhaal, Roadhouse remake. Ooh, ooh, that that little, <sighs> that little noise and that, that. Ooh, is it? I've seen. I mean, we've seen the trailer, haven't we? We both seen the trailer for it. 
No. You haven't I didn't know there was a trailer. You haven't seen the trailer for it? Oh. No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen a teaser, a, like a teaser trailer for it. I'd heard all the um, the squit about them, like the, who directed it? I can't remember who directed it, but like Jake Gyllenhaal directed being pissed because it's just getting dumped on Prime. Yeah. Um, I mean, that doesn't really like distill much confidence. I mean, I don't know. I watch now. There's a, I watch a trailer. I'm pretty like, sure it's all like I could he's be like wrong. a UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, in it, and I'm just like, what? This doesn't feel like a remake. Um, you know, but I don't know. If it wasn't a trailer that I saw, it was something on TV that was to do with, you know, maybe yeah. a behind-the-scenes thing that was shown, and it showed little clips of it. I just, I don't know if I'll watch it or not. How many times? We're going to go back to the old, if you're going to remake a film, remake a bad one that could yeah. have been good but wasn't. Don't remake one that was a, a stone-cold classic, because yeah. what's the point? Yeah, like, none of these films are remembered. Hmm. That's the thing, you know, like Robocop, Conan the Barbarian, you know, like Total Recall. Total Recall. Like, I mean, I haven't seen any of them, but like, no (laughs) one remembers them. They're just completely forgotten, and everyone just goes back to watching the originals. And I feel like it's probably going to happen with this as well. The fact that, like, because sometimes Amazon do put films in cinemas, but the fact they don't have any confidence in it at all, and I'm just dumping it on Prime. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, Streaming is where, I mean, and on Prime especially, I think, streaming is where films go to die. Um, yeah. Like, the amount of stuff Netflix puts out. Netflix do a bit of a better job keeping it, but, you know, like, Prime will promote something for a couple of weeks, and then it just, there it is. That's it. Mm-hmm. We're promoting the next thing we brought out now, you know, and that's, that's that. I mean, if, even if they do that, I mean, that Prime in the UK, they're showing the new season of Fargo, and I just stumbled upon that. It wasn't advertised at all. So, <laughs> um, yeah, really, yeah, I don't know. Are you going to watch it? I'll probably end up watching it and then tutting and sighing all the way through it. <laughs> and then I don't know who else is in it. Like, apart from I can't Jake Gyllenhaal, I don't know if there's, no. I don't know if there's a Sam Elliott character, or of course it'll be a love interest, yeah. but you know, like, I don't know. Okay. It's just there's just no point. <laughs> we shall see. Come but there's the not 21st. even going to be one blind guitarist, is there? Oh, so what's the point then? Exactly. If if <laughs> there's none of the, none of the stuff that we want in it, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Come March, let's see what happens. Uh, the uh, the next thing I'm going to say, mate, you and regular listeners to our shows will get the irony of me giving this bit of news out, mate. And this is one, again, I saw before Christmas, so it has started now, so you're going to have to buy back issues. There's a new magazine out, new series of magazines out, and it's by... Uh, I'll put the link if you do want to subscribe, because you can buy issues. I'll put the link to it in the podcast notes. And <laughs> each magazine comes with six pieces, um, and the magazines are all about this. comes with six pieces to build your own ET figure. So, oh, I could. I mean, I could gift you it. It could be. A, I mean, I've got a bit of a care package going for you when I come and visit. So uh, imagine, is it life size? Oh, it's. I think it is. It looks really massive. So I've written a few. How t- big is ET? It's, it's like it's like Drew Barrymore size when she was a, like four. So that's pretty big. That I mean, as big. long as you can fuck it, Dave. That's you know, that's <laughs> an ET. That'll be one. An ET sex toy. 
yeah. build your own hey, ET that, sex that toy. Be, that will be your entry into ET. You know, well, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That's, that's how we'll get you to watch the film. Um, yeah, that's just fuck it. And that's what the film site Dave. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh. Yeah, it's a whole film of this. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed then with you'll be ET. Like, oh, no, it's just, yeah. We'll get you there. We'll get you one day, Dave. Like, I swear to God. You were supposed to watch it at one point. And you fucking weaseled out of it. I have said, I've always well, said, if if anybody, and this goes to everybody listening out there, because you don't know who's listening, if anybody can get me, and it could be 10 minutes even, any interview time with either Steven Spielberg or Drew Barrymore, and I'll watch it. There you go. What about people lesser nope. famous people? No, nope. that's the Who aren't like the biggest director in the world or have a massively nope. big talk show. I have drawn my land in my land. What about John my, Williams? My, okay, yeah. I'll get John Williams. <laughs> my line in the sand has been drawn. And it's those two, uh, but if you do, if you do want there to build, one, was, I was going to say there was one time where I, I, I visited you and we watched a fucking England game at Ramrods, and you're like, "Oh yeah, if you watch England game, I'll watch ET," and you didn't. Well, do you remember when we went? We went. So we went to there was, and I've not been to the car boot sale where we lived for oh, many, many years, but I still have upstairs, and I saw it just the other day when, well, about actually a few weeks ago when I was packing the Christmas decorations away in the loft and it was picked up from said car boot, um, an ET sweatshirt hoodie, actually, sorry. ET hoodie is up there. Wow. So I I would wear that and then have 10 minutes chatting to Steven Spielberg or Drew Barrymore. And I would watch the film before I talked to them. Wow. Well, you never know. Not Spielberg. I think we can rule out Spielberg, but could work on Drew Barrymore. She's on Twitter. Hey, this guy's going to ET. Challenge. If you talk to him, challenge minutes, to our listeners. If you can get me ten minutes with either of yes. them, that, that's it. I will. Uh, I will finally watch ET. Uh, but the magazines, the first two. Here you go. This is how all these magazines get you, though, mate. Because there's so many of them out there. The first two magazines, one pound ninety-five each. Okay, six. Oh, I love it. Six assembly pieces in each one. Uh, after that, eleven pound ninety-nine per issue. But, okay, you know, trying trying to sell it again. Um, when you make the, you know, when you make your own ET, uh, it has sound effects using phrases from the movie. Uh, it has a light in his finger and chest. Has an extendable and retractable neck. All good things for this sex toy, mate. Uh, movable arms, face and mouth. Oh, even more. This, this missed, missed opportunity if it isn't a sex toy. And there's a remote control for some actions. Oh, my God. And a language selection. I'm going to have to look at it. I think, I, mean, it, I think it could be a bit, you know, a bit naughty. Yep. Yeah, but are those, those magazines just like... One ninety five, and you'd get the foot. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, then I was reading, and again, I'll put the link in the podcast notes, and you can read on there to get the full details. Because if you want to store them properly, you need to buy the the like the thing like cardboard or whatever they're made of proper ET fold, um, holders to put the issues in, and each one holds twenty. 20, I think it's 20 issues, and I think you need, God, I think you probably need like about 10 of them to hold them all. Then, oh, oh there's all extra stuff you can buy on top of that as well. It's like a money, oh. just like throwing money into a pit. I wonder how many of them like actually reach the end, because you, you, you see it, especially at the start of a year, like it's all like, you know, first issue is only 199 and, Yeah. And then, um, I wonder how many like 
carry on like right to the end if they just do like quiet in the background we never hear about it mm. um I, I did that once and i think i finished it i had this is um and this was the start of a year it was like a star trek the next generation like fact file thing and it was in like this you had to buy like it was in it was like cardboard with holes in and it was just like episode guides and guides to the ship and it was in like this big you know like ring binder thing and i think there might have even been two of them um i can't remember if i finished it though but i had fucking loads of them if i wasn't <laughs> if i didn't finish it i came close i think i subscribed from a local news agent and went up every week or two weeks i got my star trek cards yeah um, but uh yeah that well that didn't stay at 199 oh god they never do do they it's always the first like two two issues of it nice and cheap and then it although probably up. then <laughs> It probably was one ninety nine was the full price back then, and it was probably like fifty p for that. Yeah, one. but they've got yeah, they've got you know you're hooked. Then it's either well stick with it and complete the collection, or oh, only got like half made, whatever it is, or half of whatever it's given away. I don't even remember liking Star Trek that much. <laughs> That's the it used to be on on BBC Two on Thursday evenings, and I used to watch it. But I guess I liked it as much to buy a yeah. keep my pocket money to uh, buy a giant folder about it all. <laughs> <laughs> one, th- one thing I did like, mate, back in the 80s, one of my all-time favourite TV programmes. Admittedly, I don't watch a lot of TV programmes, but this is one of my all-time favourites, celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. Alvida Zane Pet. Love oh, yeah. that. Oh, if nobody's seen it, dig into that. Absolute classic. So I'm going to read, um, I just took a clip from online that I'm going to read out because you will be super interested in this, mate. And you'll find out why in just a second. So, I'll read the same pet. 40th anniversary, scheduled for Saturday the 11th of May this year. The event, so this is a live event, taking place at the O2 City Hall, Newcastle, obviously, because it's all Geordies in the show, offering an exclusive evening to commemorate the birth, reception, and enduring legacy of this beloved television classic featuring Britain's favourite builders. Part one of the show will be hosted by North East comedian, screenwriter and actor Jason Cook, where he will be joined by members of the LV Design Pet cast and crew for a nostalgic look back, including behind-the-scenes information, never-before-seen bloopers, anecdotes and memories. Right, hold on to your pants now, Tom, because... It's better be going where I think it is, Dave. It certainly is, so just grip tightly. In the second part of the show, Jimmy Nail... Obviously played played Oz in the show, and his band will deliver <gasps> a concert performance featuring Alvida Zane Pet related music, including theme songs, as well as a selection of songs by Oz's idol, American country legend Merle Haggard. And so he'll do he's losing he's, it. No, he's gonna do some of his own songs as well. You know, your <gasps> favourite. Uh, the show, no doubt. The, the show will also include appearances by some very special guests, subject to availability. A little asterisk next to that bit. So yeah, any Alvida Zane pet fans in and around Newcastle, get to the O2 City Hall, book your tickets. It's happening on the 11th of May. Wow. Mm. Um, I don't think I could physically warrant going 
from to the... Newcastle just to see Jimmy now because I'm like <laughs> I was, I'm too young for a free the same pet just to see Jimmy now perform ain't no doubt live I don't think I could like there's a bucket list him though. Go, bucket she's, list she's lying <laughs> that's a, and then you'd walk, you'd walk out as soon as he just do that. ain't no doubt first I can like get, I might be able to get the train back I think I just, if it was in London I'd be there like a fucking shot oh but, yeah um, you would be it's just yeah, it's that, it was only it'd be one song. It'd be I'm a, I know I'll do some foolish things with money sometimes, but <laughs> would be, <laughs> would be, but yeah, I mean for fans, you know, but that is such a real opportunity because Jimmy Nails just like doesn't do public appearances. Mm, like that, yeah, so, exactly. Him to like chat about it with the rest of the cast and you know to him to perform live that just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So yeah, um, wow, yeah. If you God, if you like that show, that's it's the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah, they should film it. Oh, yeah, God. I mean, if it was closer to us, I'd have gone to that as well. That'd be like so good. It's made me want to rewatch Alvida St. Pat now. That's what, that's no what it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I will hand it over to you, mate. Oh, I'm going to top that. My God. Go on. What's happened to you? Take, um, us into the, take us into 2024. Werner Herzog. Oh, don't say this isn't somebody. Uh, I mean, obviously, still not quite Mr. Blobby, but. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, in spite of BFI doing a season of his films this month, uh, a any sort of uh, in conversation with an audience with uh, Werner isn't doing. It's mainly to uh, promote a new documentary, which uh, mm-hmm. was reviewed by me, yes. and is on the website now called uh, Radical Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good documentary, especially if you don't really know much about him or you're just a bit new to him. Um it's only 90 minutes, so it only really touches. Like, a lot of stuff of Werner Herzog is worthy of a documentary on its own. Like, and, and literally is, has documentaries on their own about it, such as relationship with, um, oh my God. Klaus Kinski? On his name. Oh my God, how did I forget Klaus Kinski? Like, how could you possibly <laughs> forget the name of Klaus Kinski? Jesus. Yeah, his relationship with Klaus Kinski. Herzog has done a documentary about it already called My, my Best Fiend. Mm hmm. It's Corraldo. There's a documentary about that. Um, obviously, mental. Um, but good. And some good talking heads, you know, like Vin Menders, who I'll be seeing and uh, doing a conversation with uh, Q&A next week. Um, <laughs> another and, uh, one. You know, like, another one. Another one. Christian Bales um, on the documentary. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, Robert Patterson. Carl Weathers is there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he obviously was, um, uh, Herzog was in the Mandalorian. Yes. So is Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers doesn't really add a lot to it, but it's nice to see him, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot. I think every, I think everyone knows Herzog, but for different reasons. Like some people. Um, it's his classic German cinema work is, you know, like up to like the late eighties. Then some other people would be like his documentaries when he came to America, you know, Grizzly Man and all interview this, that blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then others will be the pop culture icon who's been on the Simpsons and Rick and Morty and Mandalorian and Penguins of Madagascar. They showed the clip <laughs> of his, his cameo of Penguins of Madagascar, which was brilliant. I don't know what the rest of that film's like, but that was amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know which one you. I'm, I'm the second one, like his like documentaries. That's sort of how mm. I sort of came to know him. And then, then only recently have I started watching his classic stuff. I've seen obviously Bad Lieutenant. Oh yeah, My yeah. Son, My Son, and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I've not hadn't really got round to 
seeing his classic stuff, which I've seen some of the BFI. The BFI have got an amazing uh, Blu-ray and DVD box set of like 18 of his films, which I've got recently. So yeah, um, the documentary is good. It's out now. Uh, well, it's out now in, at the BFI and some selected cinemas, and I think it's out in a month on streaming and Blu-ray. But yeah, yeah. it's if you like Werner, it's a, a a rare time where the camera's on him and he's you know yeah yeah talking about you know himself. But uh, yeah. Vernuary is what I'm calling this month, and <laughs> probably next month because I've still got about nine or ten films on that box set to watch. Yeah, watch yeah. Them all in the week, so yeah, it will take. A um, what else? Am, what am I? What have I got up to? Oh, this is relevant to our interests. The Scala. Um, mm-hmm. The the. Did you ever go to the Scala? I didn't, no. unfortunately. No, I wish I had have done. Which is, yeah. I mean, if you right, want to explain you're... what the Scala, I mean, because I'm sure everybody in the UK especially down south, knows the Scala. got such a great reputation. Yeah, the Scala was a gig venue then in 1978. I mean, the Scala was another cinema um, up the road and then um, from where it was most famous. But from 1978 to 1993, it was at King's Cross as you come out of King's Cross Station. It's still there. It's a gig venue again today. I've been in there a few times. Um, it was a very well-known, notorious cult movie cinema, Yeah, uh, which brought so many films over you know like john waters stuff or david lynch um just all sorts and like but, it, but there's a documentary called scala uh which has just come out another bfi release um and yeah it's just like if i'd been around you know i would have gone to this cinema it's a lot about the patrons and you know like um you know it's just sort of a, like a love letter to that sort of cult cinema thing um um, the, the documentary is a bit all over the place. It's like one minute, it's just like, hey, this funny thing happened and then someone died. You know, it's one of those <laughs> yeah. where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I guess that's sort of like in the context of what what it's about, it makes sense. But yeah, um, yeah I um, my first thing of the year was seeing um, that um, with the introduction from the directors um, at uh, BFI um, a few weeks ago. And then um, we followed that up with a double bill of Evil Dead, which is one of the many films uh, the Scala showed a lot of mm-hmm. um, and um, Graham Humphreys who did the original poster art for the Evil Dead when it came out in the UK and Elm Street as well I believe and yeah. many 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 more mm-hmm. was there doing a little intro gave out some signed art cards of Evil Dead afterwards one, which, one of which I've got for you and Tina mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah it was just a good night it's not it's not your usual BFI fair I go to it's the sort of thing I'd see at Prince Charles but uh, uh, which I guess whilst being open at the same time as um, Scala, I guess, is the closest thing we've got now. If you want, you know, for cult movies and yeah. a nice atmosphere, but um, no bar or anything. Uh, but yeah, no, the Scala. I think it's out by the end of this month. Um, streaming mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Bit, but again, yeah, well recommended, especially if you went. Oh my god, if you went. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, you'll you know you uh, you your enjoyment of the film will be on another level. Um, I bumped into somebody I work with. And uh, their other their other half was just like, yeah, I saw myself <laughs> right at the end. I was <laughs> that would be so was, cool. That is amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, really, yeah, it's a fun documentary. Um, yeah, I do want to uh, watch it. You know, like, a time where, uh, um, you know, I would have loved that place. Oh, you'd have been there all the time. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a bit rough. King's Cross is not as rough as it is now, as it was then. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I've only got a few more things. It's award season. Mm-hmm. Hence, yes. um, um, 
lots of movie related Q and A's yeah. uh, for awards season films. Um, already done a couple this week. Um, oh my God. I'm not, I don't want to bring the mood down, but the zone of interest. Holy God. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, uh, yeah, we had, uh, that was obviously, that was about a Nazi, like based on the true Nazi family who moved into a house next to Auschwitz. So you can imagine what that was like. Mm. Um, but uh, really good. I had uh, Jonathan Glazer doing a Q&A afterwards, the director, writer-director. And then the next day I saw, I mean, I know it's your favourite film of last year, The Holdovers. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, it's up there for mine as well because it's just, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. It's just, I was watching it. I saw it at London Film Festival, as you may remember, but I uh, went to see it again at the BFI on Tuesday because there was a Q&A. And I was just watching it. And it's just one of those films. It just reminds you why you love cinema, why you love films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just like, oh, this is great, you know. Um, and even better afterwards, the Q&A was with uh, uh, Alexander Payne, uh, Devine Joy Randolph, and Paul Giamatti. So, That's pretty you impressive. know, seeing them, <laughs> yeah, yeah brilliant. So good, such a good Q&A. Um, I've got a couple more coming up. Um, Perfect Days with Vim Benders on Tuesday. Is that how you say it, Vim Benders? It's German, so I just always pronounce it W's as V's. Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Vin Vendors, obviously. My God, you know Paris, Texas. You know, my God, he directed Paris, Texas. I don't even. I'll do. Yeah, he directed Paris, Texas. Yeah, uh, don't need to say any more. Other than that, come on, surely that's enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And um, most recently, just booked today, American Fiction with uh, the director uh, Jeffrey Wright for about two minutes before they sent another email out saying he's not coming. <laughs> uh, but Sterling K. Brown's there, uh, so. Uh, That'd be really good. So, yeah. But yeah, I just, I've got a week off coming up and I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to book anything yet just in case something like the Iron Claw comes up because I think that'd be a cool yeah. thing or just because everyone's about a bit more, you know, like especially like around BAFTA yeah, exactly. as well, you know. Yeah. Award season, there's just a lot more of these sort of things. So uh, yeah, that's what's, that's what's been going on with me. I don't think there's anything. I think that's quite enough, mate. You know, you've met and been in the All same right. room. But there's far too many important people. And, you know, I'm still waiting for, you know, Martin Scorsese to come here to Chirk, but I think it'll be a long wait. <laughs> you never know. That would be quite shocking, wouldn't it? No, but it's awesome, mate. We love getting, um, when you message us on WhatsApp and we we find out like another one that you're going to, it's awesome. And then, you know, we get the stories uh, and we get the pictures. It just calls me jammy a lot. I mean, I am. I mean, especially with the BFI stuff, I do. I do get lucky with the tickets. I don't know how I do it, but um, it gets like consistently lucky. Um, I don't know, as I say, luck. That's all it is. Sheer luck. Oh no, luck and living in London, mate. You know those. Well, a good, yeah, a good combination. Too. Good combination, right there. Yeah. Right there, mate. Come on, then. Let's get the shitty stuff out of the way because you know I have to press this button at some point. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> Here we go. And we haven't recorded for a while, so you know there's going to be more than one or two. <laughs> you love this bit. <laughs> Let's start. I'm going to say a name, and I'm betting that a lot... You're of... turning into a game? Oh. This is it. You're starting for ten. Can you guess? <laughs> no. I'm going to say a name. Yeah. And then you have to guess. Um, yeah, this name, Roger Castell, K-A-S-T-E-L, Roger Castell, passed away aged 92. I'm just going to hang that out there. Who listening to us right now 
will go, oh, fuck, Roger. I'm, 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 be- <laughs> I'm betting. Oh, fuck, Roger. <laughs> Poor Roger, damn it. Damn you. Oh, Roger. Fall to their knees, look to the sky and scream, wow. Roger! <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you may not know his name, but you will know his work. He was an artist. He did the posters for the likes of Jaws, The Empire Strikes Back. Come on, he did so many iconic posters that we would have all seen his work. I can guarantee that. Definitely. He did so many of the, of the great ones. Just just type in Roger Castell and have a look at the work that he did. And uh, and then you will fall to your knees and scream at the sky. Damn, damn you. Uh, age 65, we lost Shane McGowan of the Pokes. Yeah. Now, um, the day that happened was the day I saw Nick Cave um, uh-huh. do that uh, you know, so obviously I was just, I, at one point I was like, oh my God, is he going to cancel? You know, because obviously they were they were close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how close they were like in the later years, but yeah, no, he did talk at length about um, his, you know, him and all of that, and you know, how they worked together in their friendship. So yeah, yeah, it was, um, a, yeah, a strange day and a, mm-hmm. you know, shame. Um, obviously he had a lot going on. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, it's, you know, well, Doc, he didn't. He never hid, you know, his addictions and so on, and what he went through in life. I loved for his no, funeral no. and that in in Ireland and the way that his life was celebrated there, and you know, typical of the Irish, and, and it's amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's make this a celebration of him, and you know, let's let's do all of that rather than just trudge around and be sad. Obviously, everybody was sad, but the way you know, especially with the Irish, they know how to do it. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a good send-off for him, I'm sure. He would yeah. have, have loved the way that that went down. Um, aged 82, Ryan O'Neill. Not not prolific yeah. in his later years, but, you know, especially during the 80s, some standout ones there no. as well, and the 70s. So he's oh, gone. Oh, yeah, like 70s, he was huge. I mean, I don't think I can imagine how big he was in the 70s. He was, but yeah, and as he got into the 80s, he just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. as you say, that was prolific. Don't know why. Um, a couple of, of ones here. Um, the seventy-seven Tony Clarkin from Magnum, who I would have talked to last month had he not been yeah. ill for a little while before, and because um, I ended up recording with Bob Cately and Lee Morris from Magnum, it would have been Bob Cately and uh, Tony Clarkin. Uh, you know, amazing, yeah. amazing musician, songwriter. Seen him, you know, a good few times on stage. Um, you know, always put on a great show. Magnum, great band, ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah. So you know, he'd, he'd he'd been ill, and, you know, sadly passed away. Uh, be interesting to see Magnum's um, album. Here comes the rain has only just recently come out. You know, that's sort of a it ends up now as a, a swan song to Tony Clark, and unfortunately, yeah. so see what happens with the band going forward. I guess. Um, yeah. And then aged only 61, another another guest on the show back in March 2015, James Kotak, drummer for Scorpions, Kingdom Come. Oh, Carl. sorry. I lost, oh, sorry, Dave. I lost you for a minute there. Oh, no, it's all right. James Kotak, 61, Scorpions, Kingdom yes, Come. Yes, Warrant, yes, awesome drummer. Again, you know, he'd got his own demons as well. Uh, she talked about when he was on the show with me, and that was well documented, but... Saw him quite a few times live, and he, you know, he was such an a really good drummer, but such an entertaining drummer as well. That you know, you were guaranteed yeah. again. What a show! You got James behind the drums there. So, 
he's sadly no longer with us as well. So that was, you know, that's quite a few that have, have gone since we last recorded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's only one thing we can do now. We've got to get, you know, that, that sour taste out of our mouth from the people oh, that we've God. lost. That we need to get a nice, a nice bit of. Uh, let's get a sour taste and replace it with some flavorful Italian sausage, and let's have some sly news. <laughs> Yo, Polly. There you go. Fucking hell. That's what you want. You, you, well, it's, it's nothing wrong with the flavor of Italian sausage at all. That's an. Oh no, but like, it's not what you meant, Dave. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. The Family Stallone Series 2 has been announced on Paramount. It's going to begin on the 21st of February in America and Canada. Now, we talked about... Well, I talked about Series (laughs) 1. And how really in it there was only one decent episode for, you know, like me, old fans of Sly. There was one pretty good episode, but you know I'm going to watch all of these as well. And just to see what happens, yeah. it'll be all over everywhere. Uh, we've we've got. I'm hoping it's going to be a cinema release. I would assume it's a cinema release, but yo, Polly, a new sly film, mate, for 2024. Film, action film called Armored. Mm. Uh, cinema. <laughs> Hopefully, I hope it's. Who's in it? I can't remember. I should go to IMDb. I'm on IMDb. Why don't I just type in <laughs> in a very unprofessional way? Armored. Well, while you do that, I can say... Oh, yeah, go on. We need to have some people that aren't quite big names to hit the cinema on a fort, right? There's, listen I don't to think Slane puts lots of butts in seats on a big screen these Mate, days. Jason Patrick is in it. Come on. I mean, that's all I need to say. Sylvester Stallone. Jason Patrick, and here's the the IMDb synopsis. A father and son, taking Sly, plays the father, working as security guards for an armoured truck company encounter a team of would-be robbers while on a bridge. They become trapped and must come up with a plan to escape and ensure their survival. Mate, it's Sly and his son trapped on a bridge. (laughs) Jason Patrick isn't his son, is he? No. Surely it'll be say, second. I mean, it'll I mean, be Josh Josh Wiggins, I think, by the looks of it. Although oh, oh, no. Josh Wiggins. No, actually, though, thinking about it, Josh Wiggins looking at his picture because I sorry, Josh, I don't know who you are. Looks like he could be Sly's grandson. So yeah, I mean, Jason. I'm just thinking like Jason Patrick. You know, the Lost Boys. He was like early twenties. Mm-hmm. He could be Sly's son. Yeah, yeah. But biologically, he could no, they'll be. just be both fucking old. <laughs> Two old men stuck on a bridge. There's an action film for you. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Sold. Um, with all the winning the world, that doesn't sound like something that will will be in the cinema. But you never know. You know come on. I can't but hope. A few more times watching I mean, Sly God, on the I, the Nicholas, um, I mean, I watched the Nicholas Cage film with Ron Perlman and Jackie O'Halley and uh, Ernie Hudson in the other week, and that just appeared on the streaming. Oh, I haven't heard of it. It was just there. It was ship. If expend four balls can get on the big screen, anything can. Surely. Surprise that did, even with Statham. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see with that. But also... Yo, Polly! We, we weren't impressed with the Sly documentary. We really love the three-parter Arnie one. 
That was really, really good. Uh, we did say with the Sly one, you know, 90 minutes, it needed longer. And it was, it was for me at least, it was, it was a puff piece where I didn't really learn anything new. It was more, it was really rock, Rocky and Rambo focused with just a few other snippets of little bits. Very disappointing for me. However, his daughters, and we talked about this before, his daughters have got a podcast and it's on YouTube and it's called Unwaxed. And they have had Sly on as a guest. And whatever episode it was, I did talk about it on their show and mentioned, you know, people should watch it. Episode 102 of Unwaxed, essential viewing for a Sly fan, mate. Honestly, it is. It's about an hour and a quarter and it blows that documentary into the sky. He comes out with so many things that I didn't know. And he goes more in depth. He starts crying at one point, mate. There's more stuff that he touched on in the documentary about his relationship with his father and so on. But he comes out with so many things. It was I was riveted. I thought, fuck that documentary. Go and watch episode 102 of Unwaxed on, on YouTube. Highly recommended, mate. How about that? It took me by surprise. I thought, it, again, it'd be a bit of a, you know, fluff. But it's not. It's really, they do dig deep into him. It's good. Okay. Hmm? Well, he yeah. cries. Yeah. Obviously, I cried when he cried because, you know, how's yeah. that effect? Used to tears as lube. <laughs> and then got E.T. out. And then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what night? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, not, not all of us spent Christmas Day like that, but you did. Uh, well, yeah, you know, well, you know, was Christmas. So what the hell? Uh, spit oh what what a professional seeing into this mate christmas i'm gonna move on to uh, music stuff um obviously the big music news is and you can see behind me if you can see me it's you know that's for christmas i treated myself to a set of e-drums i've been after yes. for a while i sold a load of stuff treat myself to that um i'm i think it'll probably be around christmas this year um my rock band will be touring the world, so we'll announce it on this show. On this show. Are you going to give us a burst? I, I could do. Um, I could, yeah, I can play, actually, um, We Will Rock You by Queen, which is very, very simple <laughs> to do. So you're going to start the TIV. Yeah. Uh, the tour's going to start the TIV. Start the TIV in Buckley, up here in uh, North Wales, um, and then come into um, a pub near you. <laughs> And that'll be it. But yeah, I'm sure we'll have some updates. I, you know, as I get to hit drums and try to do them in time and in the right order. Anyway, the Christmas thing that you said that I should have gone to straight away, which had made it much more professional than me going about the e drums. Uh, and again, I made this note before Christmas. Bon Jovi had a Christmas single out called "Christmas Isn't Christmas." Did you did you ever hear it during Christmas? Yeah. Fucking shit, man. They're not even a rock band anymore. Like, <laughs> they have just full on gotten to turn into like Housewives favourite. Like, yeah. Even Michael <laughs> Bowen's got more of an edge than they do these days. <laughs> Awful shite. Oh, Richie Sambora got out like, well, the getting was good, man. It was. It, I thought just the same as you, mate. I thought, what the fuck am I listening to? It, They've it already was... got a good Christmas song. You know, the bells will be ringing. Oh. At least that's all right. At least it's got a fucking guitar sound. Yeah. Not like it's that's a be all or end all, but for a rock band, just 
do that. Like, what is this? I mean, they're not a rock band anymore. They're not a rock band. You know who is? You know, this this is a sad state of affairs, mate. Well, and I'm going to say a name again when people outside of the of the UK are going to have to to look him up. Um, but it's a sad state of affairs when Bon Jovi is being out rocked by Alfie Bow. Alfie Bow, for anybody outside of the UK, is is best known for performing in musical theatre. He's one of those sort of operatic, you know, lovies in theatre, doing musics, yeah. uh, musicals. Uh, he's got a classic rock album out called Open Arms. If he's going to do rock, you know, it should have been called Open Legs to go down the 80s rock route. But Open Arms, he does versions of putting it back to Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, uh, White Snakes, Here I Go Again, and many more. So there you go. Uh, any good? I've heard none of it up to now, so I can't make an informed decision. At least he's, at least he's, at least he's trying. I mean, God, yeah. I mean, you know, like Dolly Parton has more rock credentials than Bon Jovi at this point. Oh, yeah, Dolly and Rob. Miley Cyrus has more rock credentials yeah. than Bon Jovi at this point. And I'm like, there's... Not being facetious, it's that is how it is. They're just oh god, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like I don't know. It's like John Bon Jovi just has moved on from like rock, really. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. Sticking with covers, though. Uh, Lord of the Lost band, a, uh, a band that I featured on the Sound Check Out show towards the end of last year. Uh, they've got a covers album out. Um, called Weapons of Mass Seduction. Uh, it's, you can get it, and there's loads of different versions, like they do with bands that have to do to try and get some money. Like you can get it on vinyl, blah de blah. Um, you can get it in a two CD set. You can get it in a three CD deluxe box set. Uh, a couple of songs I have heard this one as well. Rock set. They do a version of Rock set. Uh, the look, which I really nice. enjoyed. Not a huge difference from the original, but, you know, they rock it up a little bit and it's really good. The one I'm really interested in listening to is they do a version of Judas Priest's Turbo Lover. That's what I want to hear. Mm. Mm, that'll be a good one. Uh, something else I want to hear. Ace Fraley, his new album is out in February. 10,000 Volts, the first single, 10,000 Volts, is already out. And for me... It's the best Ace Frehley song I've heard in a long, long time. The last few albums he's released, I've just not been a fan of. Uh, but this, if this new song is anything to go by, I'm all in, mate. I'll be uh, picking it up, giving it a listen. Nice. Has, nice. Has that, good timing. Yeah. With, uh, with her kiss uh, turning into <laughs> whatever that is. Mate. Abba. I could do a whole show about Kiss and, and that final show on December the 2nd in Madison Square Garden. And what a fucking letdown. I mean, it was the oh. same show we saw. Yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. like, that was brilliant. Oh, but a great that show. Was a yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's Madison Square Garden was a lot of them and they didn't even, you knew they wouldn't either. You knew they wouldn't get Peter Chris or oh, yeah. Australia yeah. or anyone else back. Um, but to, to not, not acknowledge anybody, not acknowledge like Bruce Kulick, Eric Carr, Mark St. John, Vinnie Vince, not, not acknowledge any of their past. Just put on like, yeah. well, you know, like you said, we both really enjoyed. A safe set list. Safe set list. Not do any, not even have, you know, tell you what, at the end, we'll put on like a five minute video montage of the history of the band. And we'll say, you know, thanks to Bill Alcoin and everybody else that's, you know 
got us to where we are 50 years later. Instead, instead at the end, they go, oh, and then they put the video on and this, you know, this is not all over. This is the future. And you see these cartoon avatars, which is supposed to be, think of, you know, ABBA Voyage, I think it's called in London, which looks incredible and I would love to go and watch. This was it was a joke they looked terrible and since then because of the backlash from the fans the fans have been going what the fuck that looks bad kiss have now said oh no we're going to spend oh, they're not finished it's not going to be ready for another three years and we're going to spend you know there's still another 200 million to spend on them well why first of all you should have said that at the end of the show um and really you shouldn't have shown them anyway Finish the yeah. show with a nice, good montage and no. say goodbye properly a few years down the line or just even when it's finished and the beginning of this year, show that shitty video of the avatars and go, this is a work in progress, which is what they've said now, and go, right, we're working on this, but this gives you a little idea of what it's going to be like. I can't help it. They just want to move on to oh. the next thing that, that people can, like, I was so they can milk off. money out of people. For. It's like, Awful. they just can't help themselves. No. And you know that's just going to be the same fucking Kiss songs because obviously they'll have performed like, you know, like if, if it's anything like the ABBA, like, you know, obviously ABBA came together and they performed those songs at, you know, mm. in the studio. And then, but I can't imagine them doing anything exciting or different, you know, they're not, they're not going to do fucking um, Turn On The Night or they're not going to do anything <laughs> off The Elder or For You. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to do, it's just going to be the same. That's it. Wouldn't that be a great opportunity there, mate? to do these avatars, the elder show that was never toured, the one that they wanted to do as these avatars. I would go and watch that. But just if it's going to be, oh, avatars playing rock and roll all night again and Love Gun and, you know, all the usuals, yeah, it's fun. like, no. <laughs> I don't care if they're being like, if they're flying around or no. fucking fire bursting out of their arse or anything like that. I just don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, you know, I just feel like it's going to be the same set list that we saw and that, show was one of my favorite gigs of it last was good year. Like, oh yeah i loved amazing. it yeah don't get me wrong but like there's so much they could do with kiss and you know they could do like a fucking 80s you know an 80s tour oh, you know with album makeup yeah and you could you know you could you know you could just all the pure 80s set but there's so much they could do and they won't they just won't i think the thing is that they, you know and they won't really admit to is like paul's voice is shot so that sort of yeah. limits a lot of what they do gene simmons has already announced uh, his solo band, which now includes, obviously, like Eric Carr on drums, Bruce Kulik, <laughs> Bruce Kulik on, on guitar. It's like three quarters of 80s Kiss. <laughs> so there's, they're like, so they're going, right, fuck you, Paul. We're going <laughs> to get somebody else. And it is virtually 80s Kiss are going to go out. Uh, that would be interesting. Where they're going to play. I mean, that's going to be like clubs that they're going to play. That's not going to yeah. be arenas or anything with those. Yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear that Firestar cover again. Oh, no. Yeah, don't play anything off, asshole, Gene. Please, don't do that. Oh. A uh, couple of pieces, a couple more pieces of music news. Um, back to Judas Priest. Their latest album, Invincible Shield, is out on the 8th of March. Two singles have come out. Uh, Panic Attack, Trial by Fire. I really enjoy both of them. Proper, and it sound, to me they sound like proper late 80s Judas Priest early 90s a little bit a little bit of painkiller in there as well that sort of feel to them um from that album i really love both these singles so and i think you know 
Rob Halford still sounds really good for, again, another guy that's in his 70s now. Got to be difficult doing vocals when you're that age. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it more than I have done for, for quite a few Priest albums. So, I, mm. I believe they're I believe they're touring because they were going to be supporting Ozzy before Ozzy mm. retired, then announced he was doing that sh- festival in America, then cancelled that. Fe- oh, just stop. But yeah, I think they're I think they're playing like Wembley Arena in London and various similar venues. So uh, yeah, you'd be able to go and see him and touring the album as well. So that's good. Final piece of music news, mate, and this I should really have like a breaking news soundtrack because this. I'll tell you how hot this news is, mate. It, and it is 80s related, by the way, of course. Less than an hour before we started recording, I had an email. I had an email confirming an interview show for me. Next week, I am going to be chatting with Jeff Pilson, bassist with Dokken nice. all through the, you know, you know, our yeah. days. You know, oh, my God, Dokken. Um, and many other bands, of course. He's currently with he's currently with uh, blah, 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 Foreigner, isn't he? Currently the bassist with, with Foreigner. Yes, that's right. Um, nice. Yeah, so it's about uh, his band, The End Machine. They've got an album coming out called The Quantum Phase. They've got a new single out. They've got a new vocalist, and it's um, Girish Pradhan, who I've featured on the Soundtrack Out show. Um, oh, nice. Because he is from Girish and the Chronicles, who are an awesome band, if you've not heard those. So it's Girish on vocals, uh, Steve Brown on drums, uh, Jeff Pilsen on bass, George Lynch on guitar. It's like, fuck me. Nice. <laughs> it's like two, two X docking right there. So I'm not sure how long I've got with Jeff next week. or And I don't know if it's going to be audio only or if it's going to be video as well. But the very fact that I'm going to spend a little bit of time chatting with Jeff Pilsen is uh, kind of cool. That's, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. So there we go. Breaking news. You heard it here first. Uh, yeah. Nice. That's it. That's it. That's all my sort of 80s related stuff, mate. And yeah, I think that's it. Although, did I say, I don't know. I've booked it, but I can't remember if I booked it like since we last spoke, but, or if it was before then. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to see Scorpions live at last. I mean, we, we Ooh, you mentioned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, finally. Um, because they don't get uh, up over here in the UK that often. Oh, no, no. And their ticket prices, uh, obviously, they can't afford to because of, you know, rip-off Britain. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the ticket prices were insane. I've got a right seat. I went for about 70, 80 quid. But, yeah, finally, they're one of all the bucket list ones, just like, yeah. just hadn't seen them. Um, they're being supported by Extreme, uh, which should be fun. Yeah, um, good yeah, double bet. June, May or June, I'm seeing them. So That'll be good. Finally. The Scorpions. At last. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw them. It was good few years ago. Seen them. I've probably seen them into, you know, about 10, 10 to a dozen times wow. over the years, beginning with, what, 80, 80, 81 on the Blackout, Blackout Tour was the first one. Saw them on every every tour in the 80s when they came over to the UK, yeah. at least once. So, yeah, really good. Oh, yeah, you'll enjoy that, mate. And looking forward to uh, yeah. listening what you've got to say about that. Be good. Uh, at this point, we would normally go, right, and so it's um, it's your first time watch, pick Tom, and yeah, we'll go while we just play the trailer. Like we said at the beginning, because it's been quite a while since we watched the films, and we have both watched many, many films since we last, uh, since we watched those. So, yeah, I'm not going to play the trailers. 
We're not going to go in depth. I don't think, you know, we're just barely dipping our toes into the shallow end of these movies. Uh, but we will remind you, your first time watch pick, mate, was what? Blades. Mm, which I'd never heard of at all. Your blade. Blades. Blades. So let me try and remember. Now we can we can touch on it. We're just going <laughs> to be touching on these. We'll be, yeah. We'll be brushing it lightly. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Blades came out in 1989, um, directed by Thomas R. Rondella. Rondella. Rondinella. Preferred one. Um, who directed one other film called A Girl's Guide to Sex, uh, which was about college girls and learning life. Just oh, hold on a minute, Dave. I'm just going to look into a girl's guide to sex a bit more. <laughs> Tom's back in 10 minutes' time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, that looks, I mean, that just looks like softcore porn. Um, so, directed Blades. Uh, it was starring no one really Robert North, Victoria Scott, Jeremy, Jeremy Whelan, who was in a Beastmaster, to be fair. Jeremy oh, Whelan. Yeah, it's good. Good film. Um, it was, it's a trauma film, but. It was only distributed by them. Um, you can tell when it starts. It's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it mm-hmm. in the UK. Don't know about the States. Um, you can tell when it starts. I was like, oh, okay, this has immediately got better production values than any trauma film. Like, it is a film about a killer lawnmower. But yeah. I'm sh- I don't know if you remember this much, but it just looked like the fact that it looks like it's been all remastered and done up on Prime as well. Um, but you know, when you watch a trauma film, it's like, okay, this is incredibly low budget. This is low budget, but like, you know, there was a bit there. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Uh, it got more production value to it than I thought it would have when I was watching it. I mean, it's still low budget and, and cheap and corny, but there's times in it where I thought, yeah, and I think that remastering of it, because the, the picture quality looked really good from what I remember. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, no, it was really like that. Was surprising. It wasn't, you know, some of the ones we watch, and it's like watching, you know, third generation VHS. This was really good, which added <laughs> yeah. to, you know, added to it a lot. I've got to admit. Yeah, um, I feel like I've glossed over the killer lawnmower a bit. Um, the synopsis <laughs> of the film. And... <laughs> yeah, just, I just people, people have been like, yeah, wait, wait, what? <laughs> um, people, uh, sorry, a peaceful country club becomes a hunting ground for a demonically possessed lawnmower with a taste for human flesh hmm. um it's tongue very much in cheek parody yeah. of jaws sort yes of stuff. oh very similar characters it. doesn't it it hits so many beats from jaws oh my god bits are coming back to me now where so for example just while i remember because if i don't say it now mate you know me it'll be gone forever when like in jaws where they the way they catch a shark and they think the shark is the shark but it's not and then they sneak in and they slice it open to see if isn't the one where they think it's the kid the boys in there is it inside and they slice it open and he pulls out like a car number plate etc. So they go in yeah. and uh, they cut open they cut open a oh is it a bag of something rather than it's all like sort yeah like shit. a grass bag of a lawnmower that's yeah. it of a law, another lawnmower and it's not that mower <laughs> and there's a scene oh the more I'm thinking about it the better it gets. Because I just looked, and we both gave it three stars on Letterboxd, you know, which is, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is fun. I mean, yeah, there's even like a Robert Shaw esque character. Yeah, you know, the older person. You know, like it's like I, I think I put on Letterboxd is like it's highly entertaining. George parody, at least I hope it's a parody. 
worrying if not, but like I assume it is. But yeah, no, it is. It is just fun, um, and uh, it's probably the best film about Killer Lawmower you're ever going to watch. I think you're right there. <laughs> I think you were, you know, yeah, nailed it with that one. There's, there's no other, no other better one about a, a Killer Lawmower. Although there is, no, I mean, I, there's the oh, what's the Brain Dead? Peter Jackson. That's got Death by Lawmower, but it's not just oh, yeah. the Lawmower. I'm sure there's I a mean, few others. Yeah, there's not much you can do with it, mm. but it is fun. I mean, uh, I'm, I can, obviously. Being a big Jaws a fan made this mm. better for me, and I would recommend yeah. it. If there's any, if there's anybody listening to this and you really like Jaws, which I'm hoping should be everybody listening to this, um, I'm hoping there's nobody out there going, Jaws, what a piece of shit. Uh, that, so if you do think it's good and you're in the mood for like a low-budget, silly, killer lawnmower film that has got an absolute ton of Jaws references. It is Jaws, but replace the shark with a with a, a with a with a lawnmower, a killer lawnmower, and replace you know like a you know a, a fishing town with a golf club, and you've and you've got it. So that's it. Yeah, I was never bored. Yeah, it, I was never. I enjoyed. No, I enjoyed no, watching it. it. it yeah, you know, I'm glad you picked it because if you hadn't have picked it, I'd have never have heard of it. I'd never have heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, oh, you're frozen. I have no idea if you can hear me, Tom, but you are frozen. Oh my God, you can. I'm gonna. Am I actually gonna have to do an edit in these shows? I think I am. Okay, we've had a problem here. This is Houston. Say again, please. Uh, right, mate, you're back. We had just a, a slight technical wobble there, but you're, yes, you're back. Yes, a killer lawnmower, a killer lawnmower showed up at my door. I, had to, <laughs> I, was, I was fearing that happened. Beat it off, I don't know. <laughs> you, you were. So um, <laughs> that's another film. That's a sequel. Tom beats off a killer lawnmower. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I'd say recommended. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I would rewatch it, mate. Would you? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. Which takes us to my rewatch pick, uh, which was Return of the Living Dead Part Two from nineteen eighty-eight, and having recently, well, fairly recently, for the first time on the big screen last year, seen Return of the Living Dead, the first one, thought, yeah, I'll watch number two. Haven't seen it for quite a long time, so let's dig into that. And the fact that I don't remember a lot about it, the fact that it was more kid-orientated was a bit of a surprise that I'd forgotten about. Yeah. I remember, like, right at the start of a moment a kid shows up, you're like, oh, this Mm. isn't going to be as, you know, like, punky and edgy and gory. Like, just the fact that the child is one of the main characters, like, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, there's still some good stuff happening in it. Uh, it has James Caron and Tom Matthews returning as the same characters, but not the same characters. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, there's just... um, there's a there's a nod to the first film, and they say something like, "Is it like, oh, have, yeah. haven't we been here before, or something like that?" To sort of, in a sly way, acknowledge, yeah, it's us two again, but we and, are different uh, people. They repeat, they repeat the like. Boy, if you like this job, like this job, mm. you know that that line from a they, they repeat that. I, I thought it was a bit weird that they returned like James Car- Car- James Cameron, James Cameron, 
just screams all the way through mm-hmm. it. Like it was just a bit. I found them just whilst in the original highly entertaining. It's just a bit irritating. Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, like it was fine. Obviously, like you say, the gores toned down a lot. Um, that was a lot of the same, wasn't it? It did hit a lot of the same beats. Yeah, it was samey. Yeah. Um, the main thing that stuck yeah, thought, in my mind for this, mate, and I don't know if it was the same for you, but the the dead in it, the the prosthetic effects in it, they looked too dry for me. I wanted, I felt like they all needed to be just made to look a bit more, you know, moist. They just needed like oozy, oozy. That's the word. They they looked really dry and just like latex rubber. Yeah, that that's what really stood out for me was, oh yeah, I want more, want more ooze to uh, nick the word from you, mate. I want more ooze on. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what's missing. And there's, you know, the first ones, a lot of it is about ooze, you know. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's just, it was fine. It was okay. It feels like that sort of film, like you, you'll go back to it in a few years because you've kind of forgotten about it. And you're like, oh, is that any good? And you watch it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's right. I need to hmm. write this down somewhere so I don't go back to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remind myself, like, there's no point going back to it. Like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's all right. It was um, all right. I, I enjoyed it. Again, I wasn't, I wasn't bored with it. I was a little bit disappointed, especially, you know, you've got to forget away, you know, about the first one because it's nowhere near as good as that. But it's one of those that could have been so much better. So, I mean, it went in a really different direction with Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Yeah, I've only seen that once. Uh, Hmm. I can't really remember much about it other than it was not as funny or anything like that. uh... (laughs) I do enjoy that one. I do enjoy 3. I have to watch it again at some point, but yeah. high water marks are the first one because it's just so out there. But yeah, <laughs> this was fine. Obviously, they just wanted to capitalize on success, get more people seeing it, bring yeah. a kid in. Yeah. I don't know if it was a PG thirteen or if it was still an R, but it was um, obviously significantly tamer. But it was fine. It was, it was fine. fine. It was fine. And that was uh, and that was our movie chat for this episode because yes, it's been we'll, so we'll elaborate long. When we- yeah. We, we yeah no we can't remember enough for scene by scene breakdowns on even no. though sorry we will be um, I'm presuming we'll be back to you know back to our normal monthly recordings and I yes. I usually make a point of watching the films you know we we record on a Friday as a rule so I use that Generally, week yeah. I usually watch one yeah, film on a Wednesday off, yeah. yeah Wednesday one on a Wednesday and one on a Thursday so it'll be fresh in in the mind so we'll be back fresh to that yeah so. Um, well, let's let's bugger all the all the sound effects for this episode then, and just go straight into next episode's picks. Well, it's my first time watch, and I've got one, mate, that is on YouTube. Everybody can watch it, uh, so you know, no excuses if you want to watch it. Now, this is now I've not checked with you just to pull the curtain back a little bit. Not checked with Tom before we record if he has seen this or not. So I'm just presuming you haven't seen this. So you may shock me. And go, yeah, I've seen that one, mate. And it's like, it's really good. Um, it's not on your letterbox, but that only says you haven't watched it from, because your letterbox goes from, was it films you've watched since 20... 2012. 2012. That's it. Uh, so, type it in, so let's see. If you have watched this film, now I'm, I'm going to play the 80s related card, okay? Because this film is from 1994. But you okay. will get the strong 80s-related connection to it when I say some of the cast names. 
I'm just going to pull out a few like Jeffrey Coombs, Ashley Lawrence, Charles Napier, David Warner, Lance Henriksen. I mean, come on, that's heavily 80s, uh, right there with the cast. It is called Felony, 1994. Have you seen Felony from that? Because I'd never even heard of it. And with a cast like that, it, it surprised the hell out of me that I'd never seen Felony. that. So, yeah, you're going to have to check now. And again, to everybody, um, it, is on, it is on YouTube. <laughs> it is on YouTube. It's, it's on the channel that I only discovered uh, yesterday, actually. It is Lance Henriksen. It is, yeah. 94. That poster. Oh, my Lord, that poster. David <laughs> A. Pryor, why does that name ring a bell? Oh, yeah, he directed uh, a couple that we've oh, seen. Oh, Deadly Prey. Deadly Prey, mate. Deadly Prey. 80s classic. There you go. Another oh, another 80s connection. Uh, but, yeah, this the, the YouTube channel that, that it is on, oh, it is 80s gold. When we do the episode next month, I'll put a link to it because there's so many 80s films on there. A lot that we've seen, a lot that we haven't seen, and it's gone. I'm watching one at the moment. I started watching it at work at lunchtime, and, oh, God, Dan, I forgot the name of it, but it's it's an action film. I think it's from 1988, made in Thailand, and it's pretty fucking bonkers. <laughs> And nice. the quality varies from film to film. Obviously, you know, there's some that probably really are just taken from a third-gen VHS rip, and they look pretty <laughs> bad. This this felony one, just put a little clip of it on to make sure. Looks really good. Widescreen, good picture quality. Uh, so that looks decent. But I will, in the next episode, put a link to this YouTube channel because, you know, listening to us, hopefully you've got some interest in the 80s and the movies. There's a ton on there loads that you've nice. probably never seen so uh yeah another little gold mine mate so that is the first time watch felony 1994 nice mm -hmm. nice okay so my rewatch pick well, i hope you've rewatched it you've you've seen it even um <laughs> yeah i, might I, I mean this is yeah assumption. you might not have I've um never Tina will be very pleased um at this one um i lost my hand i lost my bride johnny has his hand Oh, Johnny has his bride. Nick Cage, what a speech! <laughs> Nick Cage, sure. Moonstruck. I haven't seen that. Not seen that in a long time, mate. Oh yeah. I saw that at uh, for the first time ever at uh, Prince Charles about a year ago, and I, I can't remember laughing so much at the film. <laughs> it was such a great experience. I just picked the Blu-ray up, and I just randomly wandered into a CEX the other day, and it was there, and I was just like. This is why I randomly wandered in here, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, Sherman Nick Cage, Moonstruck. God, I cannot, you know what, mate? I, I'm 99.99% I'm sure that the last time I watched that was renting it on VHS. There you go. That's what you always say. <laughs> no, because it it's, it's true. It's been so long. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, been so long. Oh, yeah. so this is going to be a great rewatch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right then, we're sorted. And hopefully, I'm sure, well, I'm sure we'll remember lots more about those films when we come to talk about them as well. So, um, yeah, we're now back, like I said, on the monthly uh, monthly train. Thank you for sticking with us, listening to this one a little bit later than we thought we were going to do. But, you know, hopefully we got some good stuff out there. All the people in Newcastle going to run to watch 
Jimmy Nail, you know, all sorts of stuff going yep. on. Yep, yep. Lucky them. <laughs> right, we shall disappear. We'll be back with the February show. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's disappear. We still haven't nailed these goodbyes, mate, have we? Even after a three-month break. No, we like, never will, I think. No, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, even after 12 years, we still haven't. We still can't do it. So shall I just press the button? Yeah. Go on, then. Press the button. Let's go. There we go. Not too bad, considering we. God, that was a lot longer than I thought we'd be. When I thought we'd, you know, we'd got. Yeah, nothing. just under two hours. Yeah. Well, God. we do drone on about that. So. We do. We just go on and on, and they're going. Will they never fucking end? Oh, well, what's he going on about? What you've done in London? Oh, he's been to the north. He's met somebody. Oh, oh yeah. It's fucking him and Blobby now, is it? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Blobby. Yeah. Blobby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Dave's fucking an ET doll again. Fucking hell. That's it. 